0: standing again want to say thank you for your faithfulness appreciate everybody just letting god work today and every day appreciate sister katie and all her prayer and faithfulness and just obeying god and and we appreciate everybody just doing their part we're going to turn to jeremiah the second chapter jeremiah 2 hallelujah if you're going through some battles you're not alone God sees what you're going through, and if you keep your eyes on Him, like the brother said, He'll give you a way of escape. He'll give you a plan. Sometimes we run from that. Sometimes we choose to revert back to ways we've learned over the years to cope, but uh, God's better than that. God's better than that. And... Um, Praise God. I appreciate the honesty and the the humility, Brother Chris, obeying God and just just telling us about the struggles that he's had. God God doesn't stop loving us, but he will chase us. The Bible says our fathers after the flesh chasing us for a little while. Amen. But it's all in love and all will teach us if we let God teach us. Jeremiah 2, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for People that are hungry for your word. Help me, Lord, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, to just, Lord, be led by you to speak your words, God, and to that it would be a blessing and a help to your people, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Jeremiah 2, verse 11. Hath God, hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord. Listen, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out, cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God bless you. You can be seated. I... I heard a lot of people say God just kind of changed. Maybe, uh, you know, somewhere around the new Testament, you know, he's so harsh, but, uh, listen to me, you, you, if you read the word of God, God's always calling and loving and, and really looking to heal and looking to reconcile with people. Amen. He, at the very beginning, almighty God, that all he loved to walk with Adam in the garden. Right. Yeah, right. And when Adam goes and does his own thing and, and feels con- condemnation of his sin, the shame of his sin, he hides himself. It's God that goes looking for him. That's right. It's God that's saying, Adam, where are you? Right. Uh, I'll, I'll say it this way and and. In reference to Brother Chris, you know, you say, well, I, I, I miss the presence of God. God misses you. Yes. God loves you. God loves when you come into his presence. God, 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 you know what? When, when you get together with somebody and they're distracted and they're always checking their phone and they're always wondering what's going on over your shoulder. Yes. God feels that way when we come into his presence and don't just give him our full attention. He loves us. I want to preach something this morning that really, years ago, kind of get into a place. I know some of you say, don't kid yourself, you've been there for a while. Get into a place of age where uh, I've got enough gray hair on my head that I can tell you that I, I've seen how things used to be. And there are a lot of changes going on. My wife and I had quite a discussion just yesterday. It seemed like it went on for quite a while, just driving together and talking about things that we see happening in light of of living for God and scripture just the way things go in our culture and in our community and and in church right. praise God what I want to talk to you today should be a no-brainer right. should be just the most basic kindergarten understanding of of the Bible and 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 living for God. But because of a modern day and because what we see, Jesus said, the strong delusion and the, the, the deception that's going on, sadly, where once it was common for people from pulpits to say, we must repent of sin in the community, in the nation, in the church. That repentance that Jesus talked about, turning from sin and turning to the cross, turning to God. There are many of the largest modern churches today preaching against repentance saying that it is law-keeping, legalism, works-based salvation. What I'm telling you is that a heart that can say, I'm sick and tired of, of trusting in my, my will and my ways that is just pulling me down and, and binding me. I gotta, I gotta change my mind, change my direction. God, will you save me? That's not saving yourself with works. That's That's a turn and a change of mind that Jesus said, except you repent, you will likewise perish. This Bible. Is all about Jesus. He is the main character. You say, well, brother, you are. Kidding when you're talking about kindergarten, you're going into preschool. Oh, no, I'm going to tell you, many people today, if you hear their preaching, if you hear their testimony, it's me, it's my success, it's what I've done, it's what I've accomplished, it's who I am. And you think God is a supporting role in this book. God is number one. God has always been. It's been from the beginning. Amen. In the beginning, God. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. But this Bible is all about Jesus, and He is looking for a bride. I I believe when He created Adam and and showed Adam all the animal kingdom, and and there was not a, a help that was suitable for Him, He opened up Adam's side, and out of him took a bride with the full realization that he was trying to convey a point to saying, you know what? I'm going to have a bride that comes out of me, that comes is a part of me, that is one with me. Yeah. And you'll see that throughout, even when Abraham is being called and, and Galatians goes into it so much detail about he's got a plan to have a people that are one with him. Yeah. But we are a supporting role. We are so important to God. And this is what the word of God is about. How he's seeking a, a, a church, a bride, a people that will spend eternity with him. Yeah. But when we turn it around and get ourselves serving and looking at the creation more than the creator is when we get mixed up. Yeah. Right. Right. It's when we get confused. Yeah. We are To. Yield to him, to, to to find his will. We we are not looking for God. You bless my will. You bless what I want. You, you bless what I like. But we are to yield ourselves to him and say, God, you're God and you don't need me. But thank God you want. Thank you that you want me, that you care about me. Amen. And I'm not here to convince you of what's right and wrong. I'm I'm here to say I've got it mixed up and confused myself and I need direction. I need light. Let your word be a lamp under my feet, a light under my path. Yeah. I'm not here to suggest how God runs the universe, the world, the nation, or my home, or who I am. I'm here to say, God, teach me. Yeah. Let me become like a child. Yeah. Amen. Let me just be able to say, I don't know everything. I don't know. Uh, I, I, If I do my will my way, I know what happens. I've learned that lesson enough. I'm going to stumble, fall on my face. You just keep teaching me. Amen. God comes to his people like he does so often throughout the word of God. And, and, and you'll see this in, in, in just about every, every book of your Bible. You see God seeking and saying, hey, hey, listen, I, I've got what's best for you. That's right. I've got life. Even in, in that day of the law and, and, and the stone tables hewn out for a God and written on by His finger. He said, choose life. Don't choose death. God sees His people running from Him again. Sees His people rebelling, choosing their will, their ways, choosing sin, choosing the, the idolatry. Of the nations around them. How how sad is it that God says. I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to set you as a city on a hill, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to give you truth, I'm going to give you something worth living for, and you're going to see all the world around you so depressed and so bound and so so just empty, and I'm going to give you the real thing, what they're seeking for, I'm going to give you, and I'm going to sit you as a city on a hill to shine and show everybody what they can have too, and you see them time and time again. You know what they told Samuel? They said, give us a king so we can be like all the other nations. I said, God's your king. God's never done you wrong. Samuel got discouraged. He took it personally. And God said, they haven't rejected you. They rejected me. What was their problem all along? They, they didn't want to be different. Even though different meant, can I say better? That seems like such an understatement. Right. To me, it would almost, it's a, a very... Small understanding of this principle would be someone who is in the military and 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 someone who has gone through all the training and and maybe even uh, received accommodations and and to wear a uniform in a in a public community place of baby business or or supermarket and 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 you think that person is walking around saying oh i'm just so self-conscious i don't look like everybody else i don't act like everybody else i don't dress like everybody else my hair's not like everybody else and i'm i I don't carry myself like i'm just so self-conscious and so i feel so different and i I, i'm i'm embarrassed no not at all not at all A, a christian being different in your life, in your home, and how you speak, and how you live, and how you love you and serve and is, is an honor to be a part of God's people. Amen. But you see throughout, even when they, the, the, over and over and over again, from the very beginning when they came out of Egypt, they're constantly looking back to Egypt, constantly saying, "We let's just go back. Let's just get Moses out of the way. Let's go back to Egypt and as a slave. God saved you. God gave you better. Yeah, amen. And this time in Jeremiah, God is heartbroken. All right. And he says, I want you to be astonished at this because my people have committed two evils. And he describes their rejection of him, their, their sin, their rebellion in this way. Say they've committed two evils. One, they've walked away from the living waters. They've forsaken me, the fountain. of. They have walked away from me and I was giving them life, refreshing life, blessing. And I gave them everything they needed. Do you remember what God told David when he confronted him through the prophet Nathan for his sin, his adultery, and the subsequent murder of Bathsheba's husband? Nathan said, you're the man. And God spoke through Nathan and said, I gave you everything you needed. And if it wasn't enough, I would have given you more than that. Can you imagine hearing that from God? If it wasn't enough, you know, blessing you with life and all. You know, like you want to talk to your children sometimes. Hey, by the way, for life, you're welcome. (laughs) You know, for, for bringing you into the world and birthing you, you know, moms, and, uh, you know, you know they, they roll their eyes and say, oh, yeah, by the way, for carrying you and, and bringing you into the world and, and, and feeding you and clothing you, hey, you're welcome. And God says, you know, I gave you everything you needed, and, you know, if you still were not happy, I would have given you more because that's just how great a God he is. And he said, your sins aren't even that you just rejected all the the life, the blessings, the 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 hope of eternity but the friendship and the fellowship of a god that will be there with you no matter what i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you i'll always be there i'll help pick you up i'll teach you when you fail i'm there for you i'm going to break the chains of things that have hurt you i'm going to bless you i'm going to meet your needs i'll be your healer i'll be your your provider i'll be your friend but he said do you see what you've done You not only walked away from living water, but do you see what you're trying to do? Now, I heard this preached many times, and I've realized it's not even, it's worse than what I've even heard sometimes people preach. He said, You've hewn out cisterns. Does anybody know what a cistern is? It's something that really catches rainwater. It's not a fountain, it's not a spring, but it's something that you catch rainwater. Now, I've got nothing against rainwater, but cisterns are notorious for growing a little bit of scum and algae on the top if you don't get to them too quickly. They're notorious for mosquitoes breeding in them if you don't get it real clean, real good. And I've heard so often people say, you know what, it's like trying to, walking past the fountain of cool spring water for this buggy, algae, scummy uh, puddle that you're trying to drink out of. And that's what a cistern is. But can I tell you, sin is that much, this much more stupider than that? Because these cisterns are cracked and broken. You can't even get a nasty puddle in them. You're trying to build something that's notoriously so much worse than fresh living water, and you can't even get that right. right. It's broken. If you wanted to try to say, oh, I don't need that. I can do this myself. And, you know, it's not so bad. Just scoop that off. But your cistern doesn't even hold water. You're not being refreshed. You're not experiencing the joy, the peace. You're surviving. You're going to get by. You're going to make it. But you're not thriving. You don't have joy. You don't have that life more abundantly that Jesus said, I came to give that to you. Right. When we try to do it our way, right. when we forsake God's truth, God's will and say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. it's Can I tell you, years ago, for a preacher not to preach against sin was an oddity. Right. Amen. Right. 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 Some of the revivals that you read about throughout this country preachers would come into town start preaching against sin and men would get back to work and and the bars would shut down amen they they were more worried about getting home and 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 the husband and a wife and the children now being a happy family and working together getting their bills paid and not spending it on on booze and all kind of sin those things happened regularly But now there is false doctrine that acts like God says, "Ah, it doesn't matter. I love you anyway. He he does love you. He cares about you. But this idea that you can forsake his blessings and walk away from that, not affecting him or you. It's false. God wants to break chains in your life. God wants to put some peace in you. God wants to take away that darkness that haunts you and the the, 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 the guilt and the, the pain of your past to lay it to rest once and for all and to fill you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Sin robs you of that. I said sin robs you of that. We're living in a day where where we see the community and and we see sin and all around us and, and uh, some things, uh, who knows, maybe tonight I'll go into more detail of it, but things that just are reminiscent of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And you know that God is coming soon. You see things, the signs of the times all around you. Yes. The Bible does not tell us that when we see evil start to thrive in the land, that who are we to judge, as many say? We're the church. We're the people of God. We're the ones who have the light and the truth. We're to make the difference. The Bible says make a difference between the holy and the profane. Yeah. God is against the, the, the ministry of uh, many times. You'll see uh, pastors and priests of the Old Testament being rebuked by God saying, you're not making a difference between good and evil. You're calling evil good and good evil. Right. But he does say, that judgment, righteous judgment, judgment of the difference between good and bad, right and wrong, must begin in the house of the Lord. Right, that we have no business pointing our finger to the world if we're not willing to say, hey God, yeah. get the sin out of me. Amen. Take the beam out of my eye. Yeah. Lord, search me and try me and see if there be some wicked way in me. In a day like today when, the, when, when hey, this is where sinners belong. This is where folks that fail belong. But this is the place we get help and we get strength and we get change. There's no excusing the scandals and the abuse that goes on in so-called ministries. There's no excuse to say, well, you know, everybody sins and 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 listen to me, this Bible tells us how to refrain from that, to turn from that, to be forgiven and washed. Amen. This idea that we can look at ourselves and say, well, you know, it's just everybody does. Where is that attitude? God said in Romans, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. May read it tonight, Lord willing, but first John one tells us that God tells us these things that we sin not let's let's turn to it let's turn to it, first John right before Jude and revelation, a couple of really short books there, because Lord willing tonight just little. Sample, little teaser, we're going to talk about what happens when you do fail. All right. Because thank God, God has mercy yes. and forgiveness. But we don't take that mercy and forgiveness and then say, well, ah, we sin. That's no big deal. All right. God says, you've committed to, you've walked away from me, yeah. the fountain of living waters. First, John, well, let's start in verse two. We'll get back in one tonight, Lord willing. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. It's God's will. I'm giving you instructions so that you avoid sin. I'm telling you these things to save you from the trouble that's going to ensue when you do forsake me, the, the source of living water. I want to help you avoid all that. But it's not over. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for the mercy and the grace. But that is never to be an idea that says, Well, don't 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 worry so much. Don't don't take it so seriously. Listen, God God is plenteous in mercy. He delights in mercy. You know what that means to me? Say, what do you enjoy doing? Well, I like taking walks and I like to sit out on my porch and I like to fish and I like to, you know, play games with my family. God says, I like to have mercy on people. Yep. I really enjoy that. All right. I like taking a life that's broken and hurting and pick them up and clean them off and say, no, I still love you. Right. Yep. Amen. But that is never, never, never to be an attitude in us to say, oh, he loves mercy. I'm going to give him plenty of chance to have a good day. I think that's the attitude that they were dealing with in Romans 6 when he said, shall so God so gracious and God so mercy, should we sin that grace may abound? Right. God loves giving grace. Let's let him have a lot of grace. <laughs> God forbid. Right? Right. You, you read on a little bit farther. He says, how are we that are dead to sin to live any longer therein? Right. We don't live in that. Amen. We don't excuse that. Yeah. Sadly. And this is kind of what gets me all passionate and pumped up because I get excited about how great God is and what He has available for us. I know how great that is. I know how awesome that is. I've got, I've got a hold of it. He's done it for me. But I also know what people are selling themselves out for. It's so often you can see it in the Bible. You can see somebody like Judas with the pieces of silver in his hand. How how do you feel about that now, Judas? You think you got a good deal? What about Esau that sold his birthright, his place in the family for to fulfill a carnal hunger? Was he satisfied later? The Bible says he sought it carefully with tears, right. yes. but he sold himself short for right. I, I really in my heart and mind. I picture so many standing before God one day, holding on to their little handful of silver pieces, holding on to all the things that they said, I can still hang on to this. I can still have this in my life. It's not that big of a deal and stand before God and Godless said, was it worth it? Right. Was it really worth it? Did that really satisfy you? Did that really help you more than what I could? Did that really heal you better than I could? Did that really comfort you more than I could? See, I know what a good friend he is. I know how he builds a life and builds a future. 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about us being the temple of God yes. what's hanging in the temple All right. sometimes we need to you know Jesus a lot of times we we kind of miss a lot of significance of, of what's really happened but the Messiah was to come through that eastern gate on that donkey as he did and they shouted and But, you know, when he went into this, he went right into the temple and the Bible says one place he looked around on these things because it wasn't so much what they were doing out there in front of everybody. But what was inside the temple? Was it set up for him? Were they honoring him? Was there righteousness? Was there holiness? Was there was there dedication to him? Was there just an adoration unto him? They're money changers. They were more interested in in, in in making a buck. They were they were oppressing people, the poor people that that couldn't afford that. They were making them feel terrible, and 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 he got angry, right. and he walked out, right. and walked up on the mount, and wept, All right. and said, "This was your day." Yeah. He walked out of the temple, cleansed it, turned over the money changers' tables. And he walks up on the mountain and he weeps and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you as a hen doth chicks? But you didn't want it. And you're desolate. Your house is left empty. You're desolate. You're empty. I see what I wanted to be in your life. I would have protected you. That's that is a direct reference to Psalm 91 that we are singing about that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, I, I heard a, a woman, very heavy accent that I worked with one day, came up to me and she said, I was reading the psalm and, and I was reading it to my daughter and she had a very, very thick, heavy African accent and she said, she said uh, I, I read this, does God have wings? Does he have chicken wings? Because he's he's referring to a to a hen. And I said, that's a beautiful picture of God protecting us from the predator, holding us close in safety. And Jesus said, but you would not. You didn't want that. You chose. They had a church. They had a temple. They had business. They had had. But they didn't have him. Look what it says in first Corinthians three. Know ye that ye are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Your life is to be set up as a a place of worship unto God. Say, well, brother, I I don't know what you're saying. I'm not perfect. Nobody's calling anybody to be perfect. But if I read my Bible right, a heart that is yielded to God that just walks one step at a time in Him, and if you stumble, you get it right, you get back to God, you call on Him, don't take it lightly, but just make it right with God, is is not a life that's just living sin after sin after sin on purpose. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy which temple ye are God dwells in us we ought to take that seriously we ought to take that with honor with with thanksgiving yes, say god this is i belong to you now i've been called uh, all my life my past you know why we bury it cuz it's old it's it, it's 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 past. It's it's not who I am anymore. Bury it. It's dead now. It's not who I am. Right. And God begins to take you as a as a newborn baby on a journey to 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 just start taking things and I'm gonna take that out. Oh, you don't take that away from me like a child with a with a little blankie. I got something better for you. You know, there's some things in my life. It's, it's. I, I don't think I really care to even have a discussion about. Is it going to be uh, a matter of heaven or hell? Is this a horrible moral infraction, a iniquity of sin? And no, it's just uh, old things pass away. Right. God loves me. I'm part of Him, His family now. And and sometimes God says, Ah, oh, I've got something much better for you than that. I'm going to show you a better way. Amen. If any man defile the temple, I want my temple to be clean. I want God to be set up in it. I want my life to be submitted to him. It's a different life. If you're trying to live a life just kind of doing, uh, uh, giving him a little bit of it and, and holding on to so much more, you're going to struggle. I want to show it to you here in, in 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. God speaking through Paul, I believe every bit of the word of God is is his heart, yes. and he says in Second Corinthians six eleven, Oh, ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you; our heart is enlarged." Do you hear that? That's God's heart in the preacher. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, "My heart is going out to you." But see, the Corinthians—they they were struggling. They were—they had a lot of, well, immaturity, right. carnality, yes. sin, mm-hmm. and. He must have picked up a little bit of what they were saying. You know, there was a correspondence going back and forth. He said, you're not straightened in us. Now, that word straightened, if you look at it, doesn't mean a straight line. But it's more like the only thing I can really, really compare it to in the English language is like a straight jacket. Right. Something that is constricted. Something that's going to constrict movement. Right. Yeah. And. They're talking to Paul and saying, you're tying us up. You're making it so hard. There's so many rules. Wait, wait, wait. You're way off track. It's not rules. It's God saying, here's what's better. Here's what's better. There's so many choices in the day for anybody who's kind of saying adult or aspiring to be one trying their best. There's a lot of things that that are just better. And when God says, let me take that away, that's, that's sinful, that's, that's hurtful, that's bad. That's not a rule that you have to say, oh, you're just tying me back, I can't do everything I want. You do know, make me drive on, on this side of the road and make me stop at intersections. So many rules, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, you'll be safe if you just pay attention. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Living for God is just sometimes like stop. That's, that's, you're going to get an accident. Just stop there. When you start getting it in your mind, look what he says. You're not straightened in your in us. You're straightened within your own bowels or we're deep inside of you. That's where it comes from. When you're fighting with God, not just yielding your life to him and saying, OK, God, everything here it is. Just lead me. He's not going to overwhelm you. If you start getting overwhelmed, you're looking at things wrong. God's going to guide you and lead you like a like a patient father to to, to teach you better. And when you start doing better, you know how frustrating it was. I had to tie my shoes this morning. Just want to throw them on. I didn't even even want to wear them. But then when I throw them on, I just want to clomp around in them, you know, loose like that. (laughs) You learn how to do it. It just becomes a part of you because, you know, you're growing up, hopefully. Oh, and then I got to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and. Just, you just start living like a child of God. Yeah, that's right. And he teaches you. Yeah. Yeah, right. And you say, I'm so glad he did. Yeah, yeah. When you have it, when you really look at it with a clear mind and a, and a true understanding of God's heart for you, right. you can say like we said uh, Wednesday maybe it was, I get to live for God. Yeah i get to live right all that was just childish and and bondage and hurtful and and, and it didn't do me any good it didn't do anybody else any good but i'm so much better off he said now for recompense in the same i speak as unto my children be also enlarged be not unequ- unequally yoked together with unbelievers now we understand we're reaching out to the lost we're reaching out to our friends and family love and being a being a a witness and a friend amen, amen. but our our fellowship our strength we got to recognize that we don't want to get pulled down into things we got to we got to we want to pick people up we want to help them Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath that believer with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. There's an old life. There's an old life that's not done you any favors. Right. It's, it's brought bondage in your heart and in your mind. Hurt. And, and God wants to liberate you. God said, I want to make you free. God wants to take things that you feel like this is just who I am, how I am all my life, and God can change that and put some, something in you that is an abundant life, a joy. More than your best, more than everybody else. It's God in you. That's so amazing. But he says you've got to come out from among them. got to come out from among that old life, that old, the, the, the old habits, the old sins, the old ideas that it's okay, it's all right, my way. No, God's way so good. Yes, this Bible is full of his blessings. And he said, I will be, as so we've come out from among them and be a separate, say, Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you and be a father unto you. God's so good. Yes. God's so good. There's a a story in the Old Testament, a, a prophet named Hosea, that has a very, very interesting story about his life. His life, God said, I want you to be a picture. Not only do I want you to know what I'm going through, I want you to know my heart. But I want everybody watching you, when it's all said and done, you're going to be able to preach to them my heart like you never have. Because I'm going to put you through some of the hurt that I feel. Right. And he said, I want you to go out there. and I want, to get, want you to go get married. Really? Who's the one? I want you to marry that prostitute. Gomer. I want you to take her out of that old life that she's in. And I want you to give her a home. I want her to be a part of your family. I want you to show her devotion and love and kindness. And Hosea says, yes, Lord, brings this woman into his house and becomes a husband to her, loves her, gives her a home and the security of uh, of that home and, and provides for her. And the Bible says that Gomer goes out from that home and in biblical language plays the harlot, comes back expecting children from her harlotries. And God says, take her back, bring her back into the house. Her children aren't your children, but you come back, bring her back and love her and be a husband to her and you tell people how it feels when they walk away from the security and love and dedication, devotion of a of a covenant relationship that you have given yourself to her and goes out, not only walks away from that beautiful relationship that you've given her, but goes out to men that will abuse her, goes out to men that will use her, goes out to men that will not love her, but will will treat her her so like filth and like dirt. Let them know that's what it's like when they walk away from me. Let them know that I have pulled them out of sin and loved them when they weren't lovable. I care for them and made them a part of my family, my mercy and my grace and, and, and to walk away from that. But I'll take you back. I'll love you and I'll, I'll forgive you if you'll just come back to me. I believe Hosea could, could really tell them about sin and what it means. And I believe Hosea could tell them about mercy and grace and what that means. When we recognize that God is the the main character, when his love and his kindness and his seeking out. And so often those that in this day that call themselves Christians have gone after their own idols, their own will, their own ways and say, God, you're just going to put up with me because you're just a great, a great guy and. And don't realize that God has said, I, I, I'm going to give you a family. I'm going to give you a life. I've got, I've got a new way to do things, that it's so much better. You're going to love this. Look at the way. He said, I've got a way to prepare a place for you. Where I am there, you may be also. You're going to love it. Yeah. I've made it just for you. I've got a life. You know what? It's not going to seem like very long you're going to be there with me. But until then, I'm going to give you gifts. I'm going to show myself to be real to you time and time again. Everything you need, just call on me. I'll be right there would we walk away from that? Why would we say, you know what, God, I love that. But, you know, there's some things from my old life that I really think would be nice in this. Jesus said when we pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we need to look around our lives, look in our hearts. Maybe sins, habits, fears. Whatever it might be and say, is this really what I'm going to bring into the house when I move in in heaven. It's a good way to look at things sometimes. Is this really going to be something that's going to be brought into heaven? Is this something that should be brought into the temple? Is this something that I should bring into the house of God? Something that I should, that God, should, that lives in me? God, I want it, I want it to be clean. I want it to be something you love. It's so sad to me when people say, oh, yeah, God wants to have control over you. What a what, what a what an ego, what a power trip that is when God loves you and is setting things up with you in mind to bless you, to, to love you, to, to make you finally feel like you're a part of a family, part of something eternal, something greater than everything you've ever had, and all the things that hurt you, bound you, things that are killing you, He's going to take out of your life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We ought to thank Him every day that we get to be a part of His family. That's why Jesus was able to use things Words like this. He said, if your right eye would cause you to stumble, it'd be better you didn't have it. Because what I have for you is that much greater. He said, if your right hand would cause you to stumble, it'd be better you just get rid of it. He's not advocating self-mutilation. He's making a point saying, come on, this is better than anything you've got. When God says, I'll pour out my spirit, I will live in you. It's worth saying, God, just take take my life. Yeah. Take all of me. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? God offers so not just heaven, but a life that is full of his love, his healing, his forgiveness. people that live their lives so, so far from Him, so willingly just holding on to the things. But you know what the Bible calls that old life? In one place it says it's like a dog that, that goes back to its own vomit. For a child of God that sees how great a home How great a life God has prepared for them. That's exactly how He sees an old life that He walks away from. Lord, you're so much better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk tonight, Lord willing. I feel like there does need to be some balance in this message. That there is an advocate that will forgive you, there's a God that will cleanse you and is ready to forgive you. He wants to show you mercy. But sadly, in a day like today, there's many that have just gone on their way and said, well, I'll just kind of roll over in bed. I'll say a quick prayer. God, if I did anything wrong, I'm sorry today. that I've heard say we sin countless times, thousands of times a day, word thought and deed. It's just taking care of a God. You don't 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 even think about, it, don't even worry about it. that's grace. Listen to me. A life that is dedicated, to God, a life that's surrendered to God. This idea, well, if you're not witnessing 100% and then praying 100% and then in church 100% and and, and then giving all of that you have 100% and visiting the shut-in 100%. Well, we're already up to 500%. That's five times your life. That's not what this Bible's saying. Just every step. Loving God. Following God. Serving God. Right where you are. Right where you are. The Bible's very clear what sin is. And it's a broken cistern. It's a cracked well. It's an empty experience. God's got so much greater. Can we just take some time to pray? Take some time before we leave and talk to the Lord. God's given us a beautiful day today, but here we are just in His beautiful presence. Let's take some time before we leave this house. Search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart, God. I, if there's something in my life that's holding me back, something in my life, God, that's that I'm holding on to, that you're telling me just to lay down today. The book of Hebrews says, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset you. That same sin that continues to attack you, lay it aside, lay it down. There's help for you. There's mercy for you. If you're dealing with guilt, if you're dealing with condemnation because of sin in your life, because of failure in your life, we want to help you tonight. We want to preach to you how to know your sins are forgiven, how to move on and receive that and forgive yourself live in the shame of that anymore. will. It's good. It takes away the, the hurt. It takes away the bad.
1: It gives you something
0: so much better. It gives you the right. It gives you the truth. surrender to you. see, Lord, we are so weak in ourselves. We need You not only to wash us, but to fill us with Your strength, with Your life, God. Help us to understand, God. It's Your heart to save us. It's Your heart, Lord, to cleanse us of an old life and give us a new life, an eternal life. One that's full of joy, peace, love. God, thank you. Thank you that you paid the price. What a horrible price you paid. But, Lord, that your love will make it real in us. God, thank you for it. Can we all stand, please? God, thank you again for just this time. We can be together in this house. This time we can be together in your presence, in your word. And, God, now go with us, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel. Keep us in protection and good health shine your light, Lord, through each one of us. Thank you so much, God, for everything you've done. And God, we just believe you to be doing greater and greater things in us and through us, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.